Hello, 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 guys! Welcome to this new edition of Mind Podcast. This is Adit Kapadia coming to you. I know after two or three weeks of breaks, before before I get all the comments below, uh, we had some scheduling conflicts. Right now, you as you know, uh, you know, there's people are dealing with COVID, a lot of other issues. So you know, we had a couple of uh, podcast episodes that get got pushed back and stuff. Not making excuses, just telling you how it is. But we're back. uh we are go, we are here with a phenomenal lineup and uh we have the fascinating uh, guests so without without further ado let me welcome my guest today uh columnist um commentator and uh, I, i would also say podcaster because you've done some very fascinating takes as well but 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 essentially is 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 a thinker and writes some phenomenal takes a mind makers columnist as well as he's written a lot of other pieces uh, rohit patania hi rohit welcome to mind podcast hi adit thank you for inviting me it's a pleasure talking to you Oh, absolutely. This is probably a year or two later than what we should have when we should have started. I mean, when we started, we should have done this a long ago. But you know, there are those that are. Abhi to you know, kafi discussions aur baaki hai. So oh, yes, yes, yes. We, we have a rule on mind podcast. Ke ek bar aaye to then bas ap idhar aaye. Yeah, I have heard that. Ho. I have heard of that, and I am very <laughs> eager to be adhering to that rule. So no worries. Absolutely, absolutely. So some fascinating times, Rohit. Uh, tumultuous times in certain places. Uh, as commentators we are you know we are fascinated by news but we are also concerned by news as well so we sort of keep a balance right now the world is dealing with economic issues and uh, you know before we get into the global part of it all Uh, mm-hmm. india is dealing with uh, a very unique sort of situation so the agnipath scheme mm-hmm. or the agni uh, recruiting scheme was announced by the government of india and i would i would uh, recommend everyone read about uh, you know that mind makers has had uh, uh, pieces and we've had reports mm-hmm. and everything about it i mean we'll talk a little bit about it but basically it's a new scheme that was introduced 3 uh, 4 3 4 uh, days ago for recruitment mm-hmm. of soldiers below the rank rank of uh, commissioned uh, officers into the three services of the armed forces now um the whole schedule i think was after september 2022 when there was an implementation mm-hmm. that was supposed to take place and the soldiers were called agnivirs uh, the mm-hmm. under the the yojana and um it was actually basically um, doing a whole thing after where they served the tenure of 4 years which was train 6 months training with a 3 and a half years deployment and then there was a whole structure released out by the government about how much they would get paid and you know the government would also you know match in terms of the pension and uh, they they won't i mean basically they receive a lump sum amount at the end of the tenure instead of the uh, pension this is this is what i understood from now uh, again i would urge everyone to read i mean there's we are doing yeah. a 45 minute podcast we can't cover all the nuances of the Scheme, of course, of course, of course. Uh, but that has po- post that that has led to a little bit of a protest and stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. I want Rohit to talk uh, first. Talk a little bit about the scheme and what he feels about it. And then you know, because I think on the face of it, both we were talking offline. Both Rohit and I are essentially in agreement. We think something of this sort had to come, but in what form, what structure? That's what needs to be debated. So uh, Rohit, your take on the scheme itself, and if you, if you think I missed out anything when I was just talking about no, this, no, I think uh, you've. Uh, it fairly covered the points uh, the, the basic points for sure uh, you know when it comes to a scheme like this see we have to realize that this is you know sort of a kind a reform that is being taken undertaken in the armed forces to begin with of course uh, you know the idea that uh, you can have large standing armies today is just not feasible not from an indian perspective but globally in fact 
and large armies in themselves you know large standing armed forces in themselves can be casualties and i'll give you a very good example of this if you remember the Azer- uh, azerbaijan armenia conflict we saw how technology was deployed by azerbaijan to be- completely decimate the armenian forces it was like one drone literally killing thousands of uh, soldiers at any given time so given that context we realized that army armed forces and even uh, i mean detractors of the government like general hs panagar said that it's it was much needed because you a have to control the financial burden of the arm, on the armed from the armed forces on the budget mm-hmm. b you also have to have armed forces that are technically more capable that are more advanced with its uh, technology and mm-hmm. that is more fighting fit in nature however mm-hmm. having said that mm-hmm. how will the scheme get implemented on the ground it seems mm-hmm. that there is much more needed in terms of clarity even now mm. as to mm. how it will operationalize because clearly there is a message that is not going across to mm. people and potential recruiters mm. what we need to really worry though is the action that is taking place right now in the name of recruitments and there are some genuine concerns around it i won't say they aren't mm. excuse me oh, one of the issues was that there was some there was no recruitment taking place for more than 2 years mm. Uh, so there were a lot of people who were essentially waiting to you know enter recruitment centers and get themselves uh, mm. you know at least make themselves uh, give them the chance to get recruited right. um how does agnivir really help also with regiment or battalion level integration is something that is still not clear honestly mm. and this is again another criticism that has been coming up uh for instance if you look at uh, you know some of the uh, you know key uh, regiments like the rajputana rifles or uh, the jnkrf uh, jnkrf yeah. how will it happen on the ground because what happens is that even after you have a certain level of training it mm. is not easy for the regiment to literally put you on the battleground yeah it takes some effort so what will change in terms of even the training protocols and procedures is something that is still probably not a, clear yeah no no continue yeah ha so when you think of these questions that need answers what emerges clearly is a the government's communication has been very poor on this so far hmm. b uh, there needs to be more uh, you know clarity given on how it hmm. will get operationalized on the ground Hmm. once these two are addressed i think a lot of the issues over the protest may subside because frankly this is not such a bad effort after all you have many countries doing it uh, you have you know i believe in the us also you have a certain percentage of the armed forces that are essentially of this nature yeah uh, even for that matter in a country like israel you have a similar system but and the period is in fact 2 years and not even 4 years yeah do i mean they what they do is then they manage to sift through i believe the uh, you know the more competent ones and those are given a special track while the others are given yeah, an yeah. option there is also something called the mossad so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's a special third track that most people don't know of agree yeah uh, exactly but yeah, i mean yeah but i mean, I mean jokes apart yeah you're right absolutely yeah yeah i agree yeah, yeah, yeah. jokes apart but this is something i believe uh, more discussion Uh, mm. probably could have been undertaken in the immediate uh, window that we are seeing mm. right now while implementing mm. it and uh, that's where the government needs to really focus on now more communicating no. clearly and and i i personally love uh, what israel actually has done to its mm. things mm-hmm. because israel very you know uh, decided and you know it's it's admirable how you know them and mossad and the they've all conducted themselves in terms yeah. of knowing the the threats that they are facing and how to deal with them right but um but but regardless of all that 
and i mean how you know and there can be criticisms that can be agreed disagreements mm-hmm. and agreements with their approach yeah. but you know you, you 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 it's there to be seen when it comes to uh, when it comes to what india is facing right now there's also a situation that not ne- soldiers might not necessarily be facing conflict in terms of a war or something yeah. but if there exactly. is say smaller conflicts in you know noc mm-hmm. violations in jammu and kashmir yeah, yeah. or you know they have to deal with threats that you know come across the border how do you deal mm-hmm. with that right plus india yeah. make or problem hai it's that the treacherous terrain right like a, hmm. a person who's trained for jammu and kashmir they cannot acclimatize themselves to northeast that quickly exactly exactly so exactly how do you, or that even in jammu and kashmir yeah yeah in the pakistan exactly. side and the china side are completely yeah. different how do you deal with that uh, in 2020 uh, after the galwan conflict in fact uh, there was yeah. a lot of pressure being built up on the border uh, the lac hmm. rather i would say hmm. as well as the border uh, hmm. accepted border lines Uh, from the chinese side though mm. one has to remember the chinese did not escalate the ladder ever from their side to that extent and one of their drivers for not escalating is is something that they've also acknowledged in the public domain through that if you read mm. the think tank reports or you follow people who talked about mm. it that the indian army is the mm. best when it globally when it comes to mountain mm. warfare in today's mm. times mm. so would that capability be affected in some way is a question mm. that clearly is not being addressed maybe mm. it's a matter of communication purely because they might have something up their sleeve mm. but i mean the government really i mean this is an issue in fact on most fronts on these days that the government's communication strategy is really poor and i don't think anybody can deny that maybe i should do a podcast with n ramen sudhendra kulkarni to get that perspective also okay <laughs> i'm i'm kidding i'm kidding guys before we yeah, jump uh, on it I call the Hindu the Chinese consulate in Chennai. No, no, so no, no. I, I have no idea if this is related or not. And Ram, uh, I, I actually like during the Dokhlam conflict, I actually had a series of tweets uh, questioning why Enram has not commented something on it. And of then he uh, he, obviously he blocked me. But I think a couple of hours later or something, this was like one or two weeks after he he put out these very weird sort of three or four tweets, essentially copying and pasting MEA statements, saying pragmatic approach has been taken. And I'm like, boss. why can't you actually have like a nuanced critique of what you know china may be wrong in some cases they don't have to be able, yeah. but this is unbelievable and and they they get uh, they never get questioned on that in studios which is un- un- yeah, unreal yeah yeah sometimes they feel the name of the publication house should change itself from the hindu to the sikhal and hammer so i don't know and that's the tragedy right there, there are some hmm. phenomenal co- columnists and stuff like that but then then you know when editorial lines are so blurred these days you know what they yeah. take and so but um you know coming back to the whole discussion i think we all believe that i saw the army the the the, the top 3 of the you know the i uh, i think mm. all the chiefs were giving interviews and stuff and which is great but the problem is i think the understanding and the sort of communication has to be better at the local level because a yes. lot of these yes. conflicts are because of the local level um uh, now i'll give you an example um in 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 a remote village in pihar they might not be listening to what one of the chiefs would have to say on an english channel based out of noida yeah, yeah, right yeah, they yeah, I, yeah. and this is not to put down the village or the english channel but i'm just saying that the viewership even i mean i'm i come from gujarat right people mm-hmm. people outside of the metros in gujarat do not watch english channels they'll watch either exactly. hindi channel exactly. or gujarati channels and ultimately i would actually say that the hindi and the regional language channels yeah. have a more zameen 
puckered on what is happening uh, uh, okay. there. So, so maybe there, there would have like local, maybe the local military officers or the local officers who are involved in this would have to go to, to these channels or maybe uh, get your local people to go and talk to these uh, families of Jawans. Okay. Because okay. the fear is, their fear was ki what happens to the exams that have already taken? If people mm -hmm. are selected, does that mean that doesn't count for anything? And I don't think that's the case because I think the government went up to 23 or 26. I think there, there was an amendment that yeah. was issued. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. So, but, but, you know, were the amendments launched with the same sort of media scape as the scheme was? And if exactly. if the opinion not going to get that uh, get that coverage, people are still going to you know sort of make up their own facts. Yeah, exactly. And you know you've identified a larger cultural zeitgeist that is uh, you know the thing of India, media, and its outreach is definitely decentralized to a large extent, especially with respect to the language content. So as you rightly pointed out, the news channels that would be more popular in India would not be the English language media. It would rather be the language that they are more comfortable in conversation with. And those channels, unfortunately, are not the ones that are able to get that balanced uh, take or nuance or have the armed forces, senior officers coming and talking to them necessarily. I'll give you an example. Navika Kumar was giving an interview, uh, was taking an interview of a very senior uh, Navy officer on this very subject. It was a very dangerous form and the interview was in English. Now, the problem is this. The interview was in English. I don't blame the gentleman for it. But my problem, but there was not even a line of subtitles given to me in Hindi on the news channel to at least make sure that the people understand what's being said. So, uh, and why did the uh, government or the armed forces at least not ensure this because generally what happens is these videos do go back to the interviewee for some level of you know okay this is fine at least you know to take their uh, consent as well so this is something that could have been easily done now these are the kind no. of small tools that are really going to cause a lot of heartburn unnecessarily as i call it so that's what i'm saying na, ki se, uh, uh, and, I, and i'm hoping you know jokes about that davika wasn't giving the inter giving any interviews <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, this jokes apart, but no, so it's, uh, it is it is actually a, a concern and and communication. Mm. And I, I have actually said this from the rooftops since 2014 mm. that Narendra Bhai should get a press press advisor, media advisor. I think mm -hmm. the, this government needs to have a uh, similar situation like a press briefing, like the White House does. Don't have it yeah. every day; have it once a week. But I just think a lot of these issues are going to get resolved on that. The problem, what is happening, is. Uh, social media, especially Twitter, WhatsApp, Facebook, uh, they are people, you know, uh, India make bada zavardas concept hai tadka, khane mein. Yeah. Hum kuch bhi khana leke aate, uspe tadka. To Twitter ka khud ka tadka hota hai, WhatsApp ka khud ka hota hai, Facebook ka khud ka hota hai. And then people don't realize the khichdi that is below. People only look at the tadka and assume that khichdi to hai hi nahi. Exactly. Itna overdose ho chuka hota hai, uspe upar. And everybody has their own. Everybody has their own narrative. So I have also seen this with people like even journalists these days, some journalists, mm. they are so desperate for retweets and followers on Twitter. Oh. And um, they, they'll, you know, they'll provocatively like uh, put in few statements, which cut cut ke dal diya to see how many reactions they get. And then what they'll do is they'll reply to that with a full video. Now, if you yeah. look at that Katawa video, that has 200,000 views. And that other video has like 2000 views. So yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. How, how many people are, you know, uh, viewing? So that's yeah. like the, 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 
the tragedy of it all. But before we move on to the next subject, I think in conclusion, Rohit, um, what do you think? What do you think? I mean, ultimately, this is a good scheme. We all agree. But do you think do you see the protests subsiding down after these issues are concerned uh, addressed? And also, if if it is such a big scheme in terms of if, because see, no one knew the extent of the scheme when it was announced. If it is done at a see in US, what has happened is my experience has been from what I've observed is they grandfather a lot of things in. So there is almost an yeah. overlap between the new and the old, right? So yeah. do you think the government needs to look into doing that? And will will there be sort of a, a pushback on a lot of on a few issues? The contentious ones. See, the pushback is being done. Let I mean, there's no way, uh, you know, two ways about it. And uh, mm-hmm. the problem eventually is going to be one that uh, whether they should have taken the like, all-in approach or the grandfatherly approach as the US has a, has around things. And probably mm-hmm. that might have been a slightly better strategy to begin yeah. with because it would have gotten greater buy-in from a lot of people. Uh, alternatively, though, we also see that, uh, you know, the way the protests are going on, a lot mm-hmm. of questions are not necessarily being answered at the ground level, even now. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of uh, misinformation that is certainly spreading around. Mm-hmm. In fact, a lot of people even need to, you know, those who are protesting also need to realize that, uh, boss, <laughs> if you're going to get into arson and violence, <laughs> your chances of entering the military forces uh, gone are zero. Yeah, yeah, if you get a police yeah. record, khatam. and I saw there are like thousands of people, and I'm not kidding when I say thousands. Like many men at times of India got Subay report, but I've tweeted it out as well. Uh, uh, guys, it's like 200 in one place, 300 in some other place. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I just did the quick math, and it was like a very high number over a thousand. And cases. Nearly and, all of it is getting captured on camera in one form or the other. So, evidence uh, against khada hua hai. So, you better and, and, realize. And, and in some cases, I think in a couple of uh, places in Bihar, someone said that uh, some coaching institutes were egging on the people. There was the yes, statements. Fact, uh, that's a very good uh, thing that you've raised, Adit. These coaching institutes across India, in fact, not just in Bihar. Hmm. I've seen videos from uh, of uh, such camps being run in Gwalior, such uh, you know training institutes being run in Rajasthan. And hmm. see, you also have to realize that. So I also originally hail from a region which where you know at, in. And there was an era or even now to a large extent, one of the easiest ways to get out of the uh, poverty cycle was to get into the army for the people. Mm-hmm. So that was probably one of the bigger drivers. But now that concern being addressed with the Agniway scheme also makes you wonder even then what is really the problem about. Because besides mm-hmm. Agniveer, even if you get out in the four years, uh, the armed, the paramilitary forces are willing to absorb you. The uh, central police forces are willing to absorb you. Many state governments have said that they'll absorb them. Yeah. I mean, Opportunities are being offered already, even without you know. Yeah, but but you also have to understand. I think there are opportunities, but the response to this can't be more quotas because then we are getting into big big trouble. Yeah, right. That I agree. And and also, violence is not going to. Yeah, violence is not going to solve anything if if if. If there are if it has taken a political hue, and if Hmm. you know people who are not personally affected becoming more violent than those who are personally affected, then they are actually going to make it worse for the others. So, I mean, violence, to, first of all, I have no idea why the hell trains being burnt and stuff. Yeah. And also, uh, we have to see, is it the case that only the central government property is being burnt and not yeah. the state government exactly. property being attacked? Right? Exactly. So, is there like a conscious uh, difference in yeah. approach that is happening? So, 
there is in fact really... a talk going on about people uh, you know some state uh, leaders also egging on the violence uh, from yeah. behind the curtains and this is uh, yeah. come up quite frequently i think one very interesting thing that people don't realize is that uh, you know you look at the way the recruitments happen in the army and this has been a complaint by the way from the armed forces themselves that they shot on staff to begin with mm. and not just at you know even the jawan level they were not finding enough suitable candidates coming in in the first place this has been a regular complaint from the armed forces so boss ye aap log kar kya rahe ho army is not saying that it doesn't want people mm. yeah, um, and rather in fact it is saying that we don't have enough qualified people so you either figure on getting more qualified to enter the armed forces at all levels even at the officer level for that matter there is a shortage of officers mm. in uh, in the indian army or in the uh, air force or even the navy so how can you you know get into this situation where you think uh, you will aapki hi chalegi just because you can burn a train at the end of the day then why i mean i don't understand uh, i mean i don't what is with trains like i i don't understand ये 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 पटरी पे ये पटरी पे सो जाना यू नो देर वाज दिस ओल्ड मूवी दैट वाज ऑन द पटरी पे सो जाना ट्रेल रोको ऑल दिस दिस अ वेरी वेरी सिनेमैटिक फ्लेयर स्टिल गोइंग ऑन विद दिस एंड माय प्रॉब्लम विद दिस इज इट इज नॉट बिकॉज़ द न्यूएंसेस ऑफ द स्कीम आर नॉट गोइंग टू बी डिस्कस्ड देयर इट्स इट्स गोइंग टू बी द आर्सन दैट्स गोइंग टू बी डिस्कस्ड एंड द स्कीम इटसेल्फ सो अगेन यू आर वाइडनिंग द गैप बिटवीन द टॉप एंड द यू नो एंड द बॉटम एंड एंड बेसिकली द मिडिल इज गेटिंग इदर पुल्ड इन टू साइड्स और गेटिंग क्रश्ड या या यू इफ यू सीन पंचायत सीजन 2 देयर इज अ सीन वेयर वेयर द सरपंच द मुखिया ऑफ द विलेज elected mukhya mm-hmm. and his uh, lackeys are being made to protest by lying down on the rail tracks by just huh? to get some funds released from the mla's fund for building yeah. a road so i mean unfortunately some of this starts to that's when you know when real life starts to parody the real we are not yeah. really in the best of times no but, the, but you actually this is a very important point because i was talking about this that this will affect people like rahul pandey in panchayat yeah, the soldier exactly. that is shown so exactly you you really think if you think that interviews being given to them is going to allay the fears of the family of rahul pandey in panchayat then Agreed. it's not going to help and 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 Agreed. and literally that that show is so stunningly well written that who knew that it would be you know it would affect uh, uh, so so much so even now contemporary wise yes. so it's it's yeah. अकालीज and the congress right and that's why you saw the uh, uh, the aam aadmi party coming 
coming where it is. Now I I have said so. We've done election specific podcasts on Punjab as well. Very very interestingly, a lot of people, um, many friends told me that BJP would not even get two or three percent. And BJP yeah. sort of maintained its vote share of what eight yeah. percent, close to eight percent in Punjab, yeah. and it almost seems like the urban base is still with them. And if they actually play their hands well, it could end up being an AAP BJP uh, thing yeah. in the future. Certainly. Now, that that is the political because ultimately BJP is also benefiting from the disgust with the Akali Dal and the Congress. You know the yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. Amrinder Amrinder wasn't as hated as the legacy of Punjab Congress was. Amongst uh, fellow Punjabis, but then Amrinder was also seen as a raja. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. See, the thing was that people were basically fed up of the elite uh, of the ruling mm. class in general in Punjab, mm. and that is mm. why AAP really scored big. And I keep repeating this, despite whatever people may want to criticize me for. It was more mm. a vote against the established ruling order than for AAP, mm. given the way situation. Because you don't have such a landslide unless people are thoroughly fed up with both the alternatives that were there in front of them and sort a third alternative. And that's yeah. what you've seen. Whenever we've seen a third alternative emerge, it has emerged only because people are fed up with the existing alternatives that are there. This has happened okay. in the past in Andhra Pradesh, United Andhra Pradesh as well, when Telugu Desam came up, because the Andhra Jati pride issue that became the rallying point for TDP happened because the Congress and the left were not seen to be addressing that, or the Janta Dal were not seen to be addressing their concerns at all. And in Punjab itself, in 1985, Akali Dal was considered an anti-establishment party and it had secured a similar mandate back then. Mm -hmm. And it was in the wake of Operation Blue Star. So when you see these factors, you see that the politics of Punjab, people have essentially asked a third alternative to do something that is different from the two. Uh, if it's going to go back into the same cynical politics that existed always, then I mean. But can you talk a little part? bit? Uh, can you talk? And I, I heard a fascinating conversation, Rohit, you had in in detail on this. And you know, I would urge everyone to go and uh, uh, take, take you know listen to what Rohit had to say in Punjab. We obviously don't have the full time to talk about it. Yeah, but yeah. I, I I want to talk a little bit. If you can, uh, uh, I love this Hindi word. Sankshipt me agar ab bata sake. Thoda bata dijiye ki the the politics of Punjab and how it's evolved, right? Because post 1984, um, uh, you thought that. There is a post 1980, well, post 1980 era with the Bindan Valley mm-hmm. thing, and then, then there is a post 1990 era where all the Khalistan movement was essentially crushed by, you know, KPS yeah. Gill and everything was done. Uh, yes, yes. And but then, mm-hmm. then the gang war started, and you know, mm-hmm. so w- what is the whole situation, and where does Punjab stand right now? See, you have to realize the culture of gang war, where it comes from. Uh, gangs, unfortunately had patronage from certain political elements and the intersection with the political elements is not is you know uh, specially seen at the student politics level in punjab so uh, around punjab university particularly you have the uh, stu- there's a student union uh, adpu as it's called basically of this, where elections happen and to get control of that we have seen political parties uh, you know basically uh, get strongmen uh, somehow mm. into the system uh, I'll give you an example. So the person over whose uh, murder the whole de- debate was going on, uh, Sidhu Musewala, mm. it was apparently a revenge killing. That It was claimed so by one of the gangsters who's also under investigation right now. They, uh, mm. Especially, I mean, the cousin of that gangster who's asking for, you know, 
life security uh, security for his life these days in the supreme court and high court and you know doing a lot of that thing so the revenge killing was of a student akali leader so you and the thing is that the student akali leader was told by the other gang this gang as our brother quote unquote our brother so wow. my, that's the point this is the intersection that people are not know, have known for a while and this is also one of the reasons why there was massive disgust against the establishment of the punjab uh, that was the congress and the akalis because they were seen to be hand in glove with many of these gang gang you know activity gang gang war activities see you have to realize one thing corruption is a reality in punjab and massive corruption is definitely a reality and Absolutely. the way it has happened in punjab particularly there is a there's always been a battle to control the market share so to speak on anything be it the sand mafia be it the cable tv mafia be it even you know something as basic as the liquor mafia which is a very mm. common thing and these gangsters were basically henchmen unfortunately these gangsters were have also always been an intersection with the absolute radical elements of khalistani sympathizers uh, and they have become couriers for some of the uh, disturbing activities that have taken place in punjab in recent times for instance the drug mafia that we are talking about which is financing khalistani activities or which is supposed to so who are the couriers it is these very gangs that are basically the couriers on the ground mm. so there is a disturbing trend um this government But also there is the, there is a caste component as well right because there are caste of gangs of because punjab and and i did a detailed podcast on mind and we also did one with kushal on this where mm-hmm. we talked about you know the complexity of caste situations in punjab yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know yeah. for people who haven't listened they do but ultimately there is a, a 30 plus percent of uh, dalit population there is a 20 percent jat population there is you know the whole uh, concept that a lot of the oppressed classes you know the obc and the dalit population did not have the same representation and you had the jat population which was over represented in the government yep. that was the yep. historical ruse and there were conflicts um, and so uski wajah se bhi kafi gangs and all that did form yeah, and yeah. political yeah. parties yeah. Uh, uh, see you also started. have to realize one thing that even in the peak of the khalistani terror era in 80 late 80s early <laughs> 90s the kind of people who claimed to be terrorists were essentially people who would not be seen very different from gang hmm start studying interesting What, everybody was a commander theek hai everybody is a commander not even like a foot soldier har koi apne apko self apne apko title deke ghumta rehta tha and uh, essentially mindless violence right senseless violence uh, uh, killing out of uh, you know the fear so there's a very fascinating book that's come out in the public domain especially thanks to a few people Uh, who've mm. been pursuing this subject uh, called uh, mm. that was essentially a sociological study examining the root causes of punjab the terrorism mm. in punjab at that time mm. uh, this was a study done by a few sociologists from gndu guru nanak dev university from amritsar and mm-hmm. they were examining the reasons why terrorism had uh, basically become such a big thing in the majha region of punjab where all the historical gurudwaras are also so mm. the biggest the the response that came usually from the largest so the highest so when we were asking what was the reason for picking you know becoming a terrorist or a gangster i would say mm-hmm. in that sense mm-hmm. the answer that they get was and this is the predominant answer not operation blue star not uh, you know in indra janel singh bhindra wale speeches shastra anal mm-hmm. moh ho gaya si mm-hmm. basically they were they said we got uh, we got fascinated by weapons mm-hmm. 
so that was the reason why they were willing to become terrorists at that time and unfortunately see ownership of weapons is not really i always say this ownership of weapons does not mean that there will be giant violence on the streets necessarily yeah. i mean it's a bit of a divided opinion i agree but i've seen ownership of weapons also high in other states and you don't see that happening no, so when you when you said this i i almost had a bizarre moment where i paused i'm like because i was thinking i was like oh goodness like from the 90 so punjab has had a, such a insane history when you know you had the green revolution of the 1970s yeah. right and yeah. then suddenly in 10 years you had the whole bindanwale thing break out and then suddenly the violence and then now and hmm. and then isme we haven't even sort of even touched about the drugs mafia and where all yeah. that comes along and yeah, and yeah. so you have to see a state that is you know very significant to india but relatively a smaller state compared to a lot of other bigger states in india but so many inherent divisions it's kind it's it's very yeah, tragic yeah. what is the kind of divisions in fact uh, you know people think that caste politics is unique to say the hindi heartland or maharashtra punjab's yeah. own cauldron of caste is just unbelievable to imagine uh, people oh. don't know this but uh, kanchi ram was actually a sikh uh, he was a dalit sikh from punjab and uh, bsp at one point actually had significant strength in punjab 11% because at one point of time 5 5 mlas 9 mlas in 2000 uh, 1997 i believe in the punjab ha, you, you may be right yeah yeah absolutely ha. so i mean give, of course they declined significantly because mayawati is not interested in doing anything in punjab clearly and the alliance with the akali dal was frankly laughable because yeah. it damaged the akalis probably more than it benefited any of them i that and, we i predicted that ki wahi hoga and you know yeah. matlab nothing is going to happen and, yeah. uh, and and even now the oh, the dalit politics of punjab is really very you know i did the disaggregated there's no united voice that's sort of emerging on that front uh, though hmm. uh, some parties are thinking whether they can tap into this as a as a strategy of course the problem is that it has the fra- the fault lines are so deep that you start tr- seemingly to going towards one and the others will counter rally against you hmm. uh, so it's it's a very delicate balance that you have to maintain in a state like punjab as well the it hmm. gets compounded by the problem that it's a border state so your national hmm. security concerns become even higher so you would not like to create fault lines in that sense in the state as well though there has hmm. been in the past reckless politics around it and hmm. and uh, that reckless politics was this culminate what you know that led to the eventual outcome of the kind of uh, terror phase that we saw unfortunately yeah. some of the extremist politics is trying to make a comeback to make a few political parties relevant in the state yeah. uh, but what i can definitely say is that the number of people who are on the ground who probably do not support some of this though they may have yeah. opinions about certain personalities about certain uh, uh, you know ideas uh they would not necessarily want to you know they don't see themselves living as a separate country for sure and mm, the number absolutely. is still minuscule uh, though there's an attempt mm. to radicalize people along religious lines in punjab uh it if it doesn't happen it's for the best of the best interest of the state and the nation as a whole absolutely no and you know there are uh, forces outside india uh, happening yeah, yeah. it's, it's it's a very in complicated fact, uh, sort I, of uh, and in fact can i add it also add into this that it has always been a problem bigger more present in the diasik diaspora than hmm. in the people who live inside punjab Hmm. uh the sikh hmm. who live in punjab this whole you know idea of creating a separate country even today when you see the social media space the ones who are most loudly advocating for it are the ones who live outside india 
none of them are living in india none of them know what's the ground reality of the sikh, pop, sikh population no, it's not even no, no no you're being very charitable it's not about knowing i don't think they give a damn about what is happening the, the reality of the sikh the, the, the many of the many of the folks that i've talked to because the the problem is their understanding of punjab is not even punjab the state it is limited yeah. to their city their village the place from yeah. where they are and and they will take this one and extrapolate that to their punjab right i am not saying injustices did not happen right they yeah. did yeah. The, the indian state has acknowledged what happened and and even if uh, there has been literature that is written there have been books that have been written but uh, even apart from that there is so much misinformation and then yeah. you have this insane thing where people where you have uh, you know people like bindanwale who did what he did being idolized on on certain yeah. stage right so i mean aap kuch bhi bolo right don't celebrate that guy That's so like for god sake he waged a war against the indian state yeah and you know what's the worst thing uh, is the fact that there is complete silence the radio yeah. silence in fact on the plight of what happened on the plight of the punjabi hindus and that is something nobody wants to talk about at any administrative yeah. level and i'll give you a very good example of what the problem is so uh, there's a, a hindi journalist of a dainik tribune a local paper in punjab hmm. uh, madam ranjuari dadwal and she wrote a book uh, called red card it's in hindi right now so this is my second recommendation by the way going for the video so this is the, the first book that has attempted to document the plight of punjabi hindus uh, in the era of terrorism most people do not uh, tell you honestly but there was a there was an emigration of the rural punjabi hindu from yeah. the villages to either to the urban centers or out of the state in fact absolutely uh, and many of them are living in camps in delhi as well even today they are so scared to talk about what they faced and encountered or there are people who are living in haryana who try to who rebuild their lives by setting up and this is also one of the reasons why deindustrialization of punjab by the way happened because punjabi hindu entrepreneurs were basically targeted and they they as a strategy decided to you know basically shift their base to haryana that is where haryana benefited yeah. from and this is something that people don't want to realize i believe consciously for that matter the terror victims are mm. there has been such institutional discrimination against the hindu terror victims so there's a scheme called red card mm. uh, and the red card is basically an identification uh, method for victims of terror uh, khalistani terror in punjab the number mm. of hindus who got red cards is nearly nil mm. oh wow i did not know that this is the, what the book also points out that for that matter we don't even know how many hindus were killed in the state we don't know how many uh, you know uh, you know what they hindus essentially fled from the state in that era the kind of compensation packages that were given for instance to sikh families who moved from delhi to punjab in the 80, in the wake of the 84 riots that's well documented and there was a conscious effort to you know support it but what was done for the hindu families who moved from punjab to delhi nothing of that sort They is, they're not even allowed to prove that they're refugees no no and the tragedy of it all is that in 1947 when a lot of migration took place from pakistan to punjab and delhi and stuff right uh, yeah. the sikhs and the hindus both suffered who were based yeah. in pakistan punjab you know moved and stuff so waha hua tha and then 30 years later the punjabi hindus had to face something equally or 35 yes. years later yes. where they had to go from and now i'm not saying that was a thing that happened everywhere but it did happen in some places and that needs to be documented yes. in fact the rise of the bjp 
in Delhi in the 60s was essentially it was considered to be yeah. a party of the Punjabi Hindus. Right? Yeah, yeah. When you have the, the triumvirate of uh, uh, Vijay Kumar Malhotra, Kedarnath Ked, uh, Sahani and uh, um, I forget, uh, Madanlal Khurana, who were essentially yeah, yeah. brought the BJP to where it became in yeah. Delhi after yeah, after exactly. the 70s. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. I, 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 now I'm going to sound very old when I say this. I, I'm not. I'm very young. But that BJP was almost indefeatable in Delhi till Sheila Dixit yeah. came uh, in the late yeah. 90s. Because yeah. if you see yeah. the history, um, and even after Sheila Dixit won in 1999, uh, uh, the, the people in Delhi gave a very similar verdict to what they did in 2014 and 2019. With us for the state elections, they voted for the Congress, but the yeah. nationally they voted for the BJP, where it swept yeah. all seven mm-hmm. seats. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was essentially uh, uh, considered that uh, yeah. I, I, even I, I, in the worst times of 2004, Vijay Kumar mm-hmm. Malhotra, in fact, had won his Lok Sabha seat. Yeah, yeah, South and, Delhi, absolutely. Yeah, and six of the seven seats went to the Congress, but Vijay Kumar Malhotra won very handsomely on that seat. So that tells yeah. you the nature of the party. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. there's nobody sort of representing their voice today, and this is mm-hmm. the, the problem. In the 80s, the Congress was believed to be the voice of the Punjabi Hindus. Uh, hmm. The Punjabi Hindus have now tried their by put, have tried up by putting their weight behind it, but it seems that there is much that they also sort of have left to, to be desired in terms of you know voicing their concerns and their security fears, particularly. Hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Maybe this will get addressed at some stage. Uh, there are people who are uh, waiting for justice in every sense. I mean, the book that I was talking about it is called Red Card. In fact, it's a Hindi Absolutely. book. And uh, mm-hmm. some of the stories that uh, Ms. Dadwal has documented, uh, real stories, mm-hmm. are so depressing to read, unfortunately. But it is a reminder of what the people had to face uh, just because yeah. they were not belonging to a certain uh, community. Mm-hmm. And the kind of uh, you know, my sons being uh, basically killed, singled out mm-hmm. and killed on buses because they were Hindus. Or, uh, uh, you know, soldiers, uh, the foot soldiers, the constables of Punjab police having to move out to their families just because they were Mm. Hindu. Mm. These kind of tragedies are definitely depressing. There was one case that particularly, you know, stays with me. Uh, Mm. There was this family that had moved from from, uh, this uh, Hoshiarpur, Jalandar Bet. Hoshiarpur was a major hotbed of terrorism in the 80s. Hindu Mm. family. And they had moved into Noorpur in Himachal. they had a very good business. Um, mm. They were fair, and they had a huge house of their own in Hoshiarpur. They was they stayed in literally slum-like conditions for twenty years, mm. uh, rebuilt their lives. Then they tried to get uh, land for themselves in mm. Nurpur, but because ownership uh, rules in Himachal pro- prohibit foreigners from getting land, till date mm. they're not able to build a house for themselves. Goodness gracious! So when you read these wow. stories, you realize how depressing it is. And this is something that really needs more attention. You know, this is this is this is sort of scary, depressing, and almost um, weirdly from the stories that have come out. When you hear the story of the Kashmiri Hindus, the story of the Punjabi Hindus, very expected because you know documentation, like very, and I, it's it's kudos to members of the community from the Kashmiri Hindus and the Punjabi Hindus who have actually rebuilt themselves and tried to document these stories, right? But even then, there has to be white papers that have been, are supposed to be written by, I think the government should order white paper inquiries and and should, you know, like, I don't think we are at a point where maybe 
I don't know if we can do reparations or something. I don't think that's going to happen. Unfortunately, that's the pragmatic reality of what it is. But at least there needs to be a white paper. So conversation can be had. And then if the communities are to be relocated or some sort of land compensation, I mean, I don't know. Only someone who's lost their home can really tell you what it feels like to lose a home. If you have lost, not lost a home, I don't think you would know what it means to lose one. Agree. Agree. I mean, and the unfortunate part is that in the wake of violence in what in the Punjab mm. of 80s, yeah. it was not like one community suffered. Unfortunately, both communities suffered very badly. Mm. Just that one community probably got more attention because it was fashionable to talk about human rights. But no, the other but I community think that's silently to do... moved forward, moved ahead and rebuilt its lives. No, but I think that, that, that is... Saved. Yeah, but that is also something to do with the 1984 election. And, you know, there was a rampant communal campaign by the Congress as well of what they did. And, you know, and I'm not even talking about the riots, which were, you know, the pathetic what happened in Delhi and stuff. But I'm saying even the the posters post and stuff like that. So then the conversation suddenly changed. Right. And um, and 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 the, the, the whole discussion should have been that Sikhs. Sikhs and Hindus have been equal victims and the story should be about the Sikhs that stood up to the Khalistanis and the Hindus that stood yeah. up to the Khalistanis yeah, exactly. and the ones that were targeted. Unfortunately, what has happened is is the, we've, we've stopped having conversations and then we go into these weird sort of digressions when you're having yeah. the conversation. Yeah. And and maybe maybe the, see that this is one thing I absolutely love about podcasts. I, I, I kid you not, guys, where before Rohit and I were talking, there was no mention that we would take this uh, route I don't even think Rohit had red card in his mind, the book, when we were talking about what we were going to talk about Punjab. But, you know, that's that's the beauty of this medium, that when you're having a conversation, uh, this is essentially what podcast is. So I'm moving to the last part of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Rohit has been very generous with his time. Uh, We've got a little bit (laughs) overboard, but, you know, this is is just amazing, the kind of um, things that we we hear. And... uh, I don't think traditional media or traditional formats has the time and the patience to go into these stories because they they have 20 minutes, they have 30 minutes and they want their bites. So they're going to yeah. talk about the Agnipat scheme, the Agnivis, and, and then, then they're going to move on. Then the next 15 minutes are going to be what is the latest movie that has come out, right? And yeah. I couldn't care two hoops about what the latest movies exactly. come out. I don't think news should be talking about it. But of course. Uh, have yeah, a separate but, entertainment channel as is the trend these days, right? Uh, some the- would argue that many of our news channels, uh, their primetime shows are entertainment channels, but yeah, well, <laughs> after what has been uh, happening on certain debates, yeah, I, I mean, can't, I can't, can't even, can't even can't right? It. Yeah, and, and and this is not to say there are certain debates that are very good. There are certain debates that are happening that are excellent, mm-hmm. you know. But but it's just unbelievable uh, what is happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so moving on. Um, any last thoughts about the political impact of this all, right? Because you have the Congress suddenly taking. They got Rahul Gandhi ka National Herald ka bhi case bhi chal raha hai. He's being questioned yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And um, we'll talk about that case on another podcast because again, there will be another hour of discussion. Discussion. Yeah, but my 
fact is that the Congress was essentially absent, right? But yeah. them, somehow this has spurred uh, them to talk about because you know you talk about the dear leader and suddenly everyone from Chidambaram to the uh, local leader is going to jump out. The yeah. issue is Rahul is not a bankable identity. So Absolutely. even if they are trying to get political outcomes of it, how, how is it going to work for them? So how bankable Rahul Gandhi really is was reported in an incident. Apparently, there was a lunch organized before the protest, which had uh, 80 people. And eventually, in the protest, there were only 40 people present. So that is the bankability of Rahul Gandhi, honestly. See, the, but yeah, that uh, funny incident apart, um, this has become a great rallying point for the Congress. But his because... approval rating amongst his own parties and journalists is 50%. Exactly. And uh, of course, it's not even high enough. And most people will agree with that. Uh, yeah. See, Rahul Gandhi is a big misfit for India's politics of today. Let's be honest yeah. about this. Because he lives in this era where he thinks that he can take a break. India's politics has become a 24-7 uh, circuit. Everything you do, and this is where yeah. I compliment the BJP and its top leadership. They make everything, uh, you know, every step in such a, you know, balanced way or in such a nuanced way or in such a public way that... Mm. The impact is never lost on the voter. Hmm. And I'll give you an example. Um, yesterday, uh, uh, Pavagad, the renovated hmm. temple of uh, Kalika Mata has been uh, launched in Gujarat. Yeah. Now, PM Modi was referring to the uh, Mandir Dhwaj particularly. Hmm. Now, those are things that, those are the kind of nuances that somebody like Rahul Gandhi can never bring on the table or his speech writers okay. can never bring on the table because they don't understand it. They don't uh, associate with it. But the bigger picture is that, that Modi ji is, whenever he's going to Gujarat, he's making sure that he's visible. Hmm. Even for the most private of affairs, he's visible right now. Yeah. So that, you know, he's creating a human image for himself. Rahul Gandhi's attempts at creating a human image in Tamil Nadu and Kerala were, you know, somewhat decent, but they fizzled out because it clearly showed that he himself was not interested in pursuing it. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and, and language matters, right? So, Narendra yeah, has language. switched consciously to Gujarati at times in, in, yeah. in UP, Bihar, he'll speak a certain concept, you know, in Hindi, fluent Hindi, even yeah. though he cannot speak, say, Kannada or Tamil or something, he tries to at least speak a few yeah. lines yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't, I don't. I cannot recall that in any rally in Gujarat where Rahul Gandhi has even tried to speak five lines in Gujarati. Yeah, I'll give you a very good example since you mentioned in 2019, uh, December, this was after the Lok Sabha elections. I was traveling mm. across uh, Bhuvaneshwar and Puri mm. in Odisha and mm. uh, the driver was so fascinated with, uh, so we just asked him, we were just asked, I just asked him genuinely. So this is my driver story like Barkhadas, but more <laughs> real for sure. So, uh, I was asking him, uh, what do you think about, uh, you know, the political scenario in the state and Patnaik uh, ka kya scene hai and what do you think will happen to the BJP? He said, you know, Modi ji aaye na, Modi ji na, unhone do mahine mein uriya sikha bolne ke liye yaan. Unko aata nita, but unhone uriya sikha humare saamne bolne ke liye. So, you see this, and he was very happy about it. Really, this is the kind of out, this is what, this is the kind of impact, even if you may not get votes in the immediate run-up, it in it remains in the mind of the voter for the medium term that no no but why impact someone this is 
this is not even this is not even the uh, the person who will not understand hindi or english the same way exactly. even like i who watches english news most of the times and i you know i yeah. try to talk a little bit i like it when a leader speaks local language if if I there agree. is someone who comes to gujarat and speaks two lines in gujarati i i i feel good this like he's yeah. trying to make a connect with my people and similarly exactly. i want if someone goes to maharashtra you know they speak a few lines in marathi also you don't have to know the language to to you know be respectful and you know try and it's not very hard if you know hindi exactly. it's not very hard to in fact i would say that for people like that is where my respect for someone like smriti rani or sushma swaraj i mean the way they they smriti rani did i did not grow up speaking gujarati or other languages that she's learned sushma yeah, swaraj yeah. speaking kannada in 15 days and going I there agree. and campaigning in kannada in bellary i mean that is a goosebump movement to which scared I, sonia gandhi yeah and these are the kind of things in fact that the bjp with its kind of ground rooting has been you know responsible for it brings ground connect in every sense even mm-hmm. if it is a leader coming from so called high command of delhi that high mm-hmm. command leader will have something unique as an insight to offer at that level or will communicate in a certain way that at least tries to reach out to the voter Rahul Gandhi's mm. stage presence is frankly like uh, he is as good as a co- you know cold fish, a frozen fish standing on the stage. There is no yeah. sense of expression. There is no sense of connect anybody can have. Yeah, and I think that has also something That's- to do with if you look at the last few presidents of the BJP, right? <clears throat> you had coming Rajnath Singh from UP, Nitin Gadkari from Maharashtra, Amit Shah from Gujarat, uh, JP yeah. Nadda from Himachal Pradesh, right? Usse pehle Venkaiah Naidu from Andhra Pradesh. Yeah. Um, you know, L.K. Advani, Jana Krishnamurthy from Tamil Nadu, Bangaru yeah, Lakshman yeah. from Even, Telangana, Kushabau, yeah. Kushabau from Madhya Pradesh. So there is a there is a mix of state leaders, yeah, right? Yeah. So there is this uh, old line uh, that uh, um, I think I, I don't know. Yani Zelsing told, and maybe Mr. Shauri or someone mentioned in an interview that two types of leaders are there. One is the state leader, the other is the stateless leaders. <laughs> <laughs> so if there is state leader, <laughs> uh, agree, agree, agree. and the way state, le- uh, state leader Rahul Gandhi hai, or Rahul Gandhi, who is stateless leader, hai. <laughs> so this is the thing. Um, the nature of politics, as you we were discussing, has changed, and one of the big changes, in fact, has been the fact that you have people coming from the states and becoming a big figure on the national stage, whether we like it or not. now okay, for instance uh, kcr of telangana mm-hmm. is now trying to launch a bharat rashtra samiti mm-hmm. uh, which will be mm-hmm. a national political party because he wants to pursue his national ambitions whether no, no, also or not, we don't know but also telangana rashtriya yeah, samiti yeah. once telangana has been a state for 8 years is sort of that term is also irrelevant in terms of what i mean what what yeah, is the exactly. demand now yeah exactly but he is banking on his electoral performance at the state level to be able to propel himself at the national level similarly uh, whether we like it or not trinamool congress is ex- trying to expand r- rapidly in a geographical sense just like aam aadmi party because these are people who have given credible performances in at least one or two states whether the yeah. number of seats add up to that or not uh, the competition is on for the opposition mm-hmm. space precisely because rahul gandhi as a stateless leader is <laughs> decimated the state and this is what happens with stateless leaders they don't understand how a state politics state units politics will work 
and so they end up decimating it instead of doing anything good for it this is what they did in punjab by promoting navjot singh siddhu endlessly who turned out to be a bigger liability for the congress than anybody else than the opposition mm-hmm. itself like it was like apne ghar ka hi opposition leke baith gaye the wo log effectively wo har dusre din apni government ko acche se khari khoti suna raha tha instead of you know talking about uh, the uh, what the other parties are saying so Absolutely. that kind of damaging Absolutely. politics when you are going to pr- uh, going to promote it internally and hmm. on the cost of the strength and uh, popularity of the state units is bound to happen absolutely chalo fascinating fascinating and we'll see ki kya hota hai uh, we'll we'll talk we'll have rohit back again this is a been an excellent podcast but you know before we wrap it up uh, uh, i would like to leave you guys with this mujhe abhi thodi time pehle hi pata chala tha you're talking about this about biju patnaik because you talked about orissa that is mm-hmm. one of the only i think the only leader whose dead body was wrapped in the national flags of three countries india russia and indonesia yeah, and yeah, how yeah. Uh, when he was a pilot you know uh, during the soviet union was in trouble during world war 2 you know how basically what he did in how you know he bombed essentially certain i think which forced hitler to retreat yeah. and yeah. Uh, because soviet union uh, gave him the award and stuff and then what he did in indonesia and stuff yeah. and uh, how he flew out and essentially helped out the indonesian prime minister and everything so it's a uh, it's 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 amazing india's the history of india is filled with stories of such heroes right we know about yeah. biju patnaik with odisha and biju janata dal and everything but how many and, and this was in his first 30 32 years of his life right yes. so yes. the so mai hamesha bolta hu ki what we we know so little about the first 30 35 years of so many of these earlier politicians yeah. of india yeah. Yeah. like yeah. I'll, i'll give you an example morarji desai right i have a lot of questions about him and things like that but a lot is known of his post 60s and 70s of that do we know yeah. uh, everything about murarji desai before 1960 i don't know nothing at all yeah nothing. we are not even aware of his life and uh, his contribution yeah, same for chaudhry charan singh right uh, 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 60s ke 60s uske baad hai thoda thoda limited hi sabko pata hai so there are yeah. so many such fascinating stories i just hope ke aise madhyam se aise discussions se you know those stories come out we know about them and we are uh, enrichers Uh, yeah, but uh, to recap Rohit's recommendations, he recommended Panchayat. I think season two and the book Red Card, which was uh, yeah. a, a, a fascinating. By Ranju Airy Dadwal. So uh, it's available in Hindi, and uh, I, I mean, some of us tried to request uh, Matt, uh, Ranju ji to trans get it translated in English, and. she has sort of in principle agreed to the idea so let's see if it gets translated in english so maybe 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 one of these days i'll i'll uh, i'll reach out we'll reach out to ranju ji and uh, you and i we can do a interview we can interview her in hindi about about this book and stuff yeah, yeah, and that'll be fascinating so yeah. so chalo this is uh, by the way one more recommendation i will please uh, please uh, absolutely is that i would like to give is uh, so uh, shanta kumar he was the two time chief minister of himachal pradesh from the bjp and also uh, held several ran several parliamentary looks from kanga yes and uh, he's now he's retired from active politics but about uh, mm. like one and a half years ago he came out with his autobiography uh, which oh. is a fascinating read on the evolution of the jansangh and the bjp in himachal so i strongly recommend that autobiography uh, its english translation is also available now so i would Lovely. strongly recommend people to read yeah. and understand the reason being that uh, people don't understand the kind of sacrifices that have gone in building up the jansang uh, yeah. there's a there's a fantastic story of uh, you know so he was a sangh karyakarta rss karyakarta who had mm-hmm. gone into the jansang 
and uh, the first round of elections that they uh, that they participated in uh, all of them lost their deposits so there's uh, this encounter that he mentions of uh, him and other sang of sankaryakartas with the uh, guruji guru golwal Gol, uh, hmm. ms golwalkar ji ms golwalkar and, and uh, guru golwalkar ji uh, essentially laughs it out with them saying are kam se kam ab logon ko pata to hai na jansankhya hai aise logo ye bhi nahi pata tha jansankhya hai no i did and and as kanchiram said na ki pehla election haarne ke liye dusra haraane ke liye aur teesra jeetne ke liye yeah so and kanchiram is uh, i mean some day we'll talk more about kanchiram fascinating we can talk maybe, maybe maybe actually before we even do that one day we'll do about these old uh, stalwarts of indian politics yeah. because yeah. one of my fascinating yeah. stories of um, uh, uh, devilal is someone asked mm-hmm. him ki uh, aapne om prakash chautala jo aapke bete hai unko chief minister kyun banaya so he looks at him and says to kya tere chore ko banata main and yes and, uh, and you, as a journalist how do you respond to that i know similarly i love uh, what om prakash chautala said to a journalist which arihan told yeah. me once uh, huh. and this is also in public that uh, when he was asked why are you not making your son as chief minister so hmm. apparently om prakash chautala said raj aur khaj don khud khutte karan mein swad lage so i mean some of these like one liners that are absolutely indecent Even would do such amazing one-liners once in a while. No, no, he said not to Vinod Mehta because Vinod Mehta was the editor of um, uh, Debonair at that time, yeah. and Vinod Mehta said he met Vajpayee, uh, and Vajpayee said, "Your magazine is very good, but after reading, you have to keep it under the pillow because I can't see anyone can't see what I'm reading right now." <laughs> so, Ekbari, uh, as leader of opposition after 2004, he had come. Yeah. one of those rare occasions when he actually visited parliament and gave a speech hmm. uh, so vajpayee saab ke muh se na he had a slip of tongue moment basically he said maine itne saal itne varsh bita diye rajneeti mein maine kabhi bhi he wanted to say ki sansad ki maryada ka ulanghan nahi kiya ulanghan nahi kiya wo unhone bola maine kabhi bhi sansad ki maryada ka anushasan palan nahi kiya ka palan nahi kiya and then everybody was like ye kya ho gaya vajpayee ji and vajpayee ji himself realized and started laughing क्षमा करे अध्यक्ष महोदय ये जवान जो है ये चमड़े की है और इस पे बहुत ग्रीसिंग लगी हुई है इसलिए फिसल जाती है मनोहर जोशी भाई बहन के लड़े में पापा कैसे खड़े हो गए बाप कैसे खड़ा हो गए back. It should come back, indeed. But uh, thank you, Rohit. This has been a fantastic discussion. Uh, we'll be back, guys, next week. Please like, share, subscribe, follow. follow. Aja, Rohit, are you finally on Twitter with the thing? Because you had a, a very different. I I'll share details with you. I'll share details with you.
Yes, we, we because we'll have to tweet it out and we have to tell our uh, viewers yeah, and subscribers yeah, yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. So uh, we always joke. Uh, Rohit has this uh, uh, thing called the Madman's Musings, and I was like, this is a discussion of the two madmen here. So let us know how you felt about it, and uh, we'll be back next week with more. Till then, it's goodbye, and uh, yeah. uh, thank you for tuning in.